Blog Talk Radio. morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Naja E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome to today's episode entitled, Debt to Sin, Paid in Full. Debt to Sin, Paid in Full. And the promotional material reads, As believers in Christ, we owe our lives to him. He died for the sins of the world. In Christ, we are free indeed. This Lenten season reminds us of our need for redemption. Jesus Christ atoned for our sins, reconciled us to God the Father, and clothed us in his righteousness. We are in a restored relationship with God after being separated from him because of our sins. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, and this is the New King James Version, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. You see, the redemptive work of Jesus Christ, who is true God and true man, has freed us from the penalty of sin. Wow, just think of that. Freed us from the penalty of sin. So every year leading up to Resurrection Day, also known as Easter to some, Christians observe the Lenten season. We reflect and remember Jesus' shedded blood, his death on the cross, burial in a borrowed tomb, and his resurrection from the dead on the third day. And we shout for joy. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Well, we often talk about how Jesus saved us. We may forget what part his shedded blood played in that process. Hebrews 9.22 says, in fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So what does this verse tell us about Jesus' sacrifice? Well, and then the other question I want us to consider is, why does forgiveness require blood being shed at all? The blood is God's sign bearing special significance. It is by blood that God's covenant is ratified making it officially valid. You can find that in Hebrews 9, chapters 11, chapter 9, excuse me, verses 11 through 23. The blood of Christ not only offers forgiveness of sin, but also sanctification. 13 and 12 says that Jesus also suffered in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. 
So it, it, it makes sense that God wants us to be in a new relationship with regard to our sin, but the new relationship is in Jesus Christ, and the sin previously condemned us. Wow. That is something to think about and to behold. So what did Christ do on our behalf? Let's go to the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah. We're going to look at chapter 53, verses 5 to 6, and this is the New International Version. Isaiah chapter 53, verses 5 to 6. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. Verse 6 says, We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And if we move into the New Testament, let's look at 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, and this is the New International Version, 1 Peter 2, 24. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds you were healed. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, this is the New King James Version, it reads, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. And then we looked at or listened to uh, Hebrews 9.22 before, but I want to read you 9.22, the New Living Translation. And it says, Hebrews 9.22, it says, In fact, according to the law of Moses, nearly everything was purified with blood. But without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And then moving along in the New Testament, we've got Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. This is the New King James Version, Ephesians 1, 17. And it says, in him we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And then 1 John Chapter 2, verse 2, the New Living Translation says, He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, and not only our sins, but the sins of the world. So what does sacrifice mean? I want to go through some definitions for some of the words that we read in these passages. We read um, righteousness and and uh, redemption. I want to go through some definitions for us to really nail this this uh, this lesson today, this episode today. So what does sacrifice mean? Well, the Hebrew word translated sacrifice is korban, and it literally means drawing near. So as Christians, we understand that Christ's death on the cross was necessary, was a necessary atonement for the sins of mankind. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 4, the Apostle Paul wrote, For I delivered to you, for, first of all, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day. You see, Christ's death was the final sacrifice. His death superseded the need for animal sacrifices that were offered in the past by the high priest. Jesus, the Son of God, is the great high priest who passed into the heavens. Christ has an everlasting priesthood forever. 
And Christ was both the priest and the sacrificial lamb. So why is the blood of Jesus so powerful? Because Jesus Christ was God incarnate. That means he came into the world as a human being. But he was and is also God. Therefore, the fact that he took the place of every sinning, broken, failing human being on the cross to make payment for our sins is what makes his shedded blood so powerful. He took on the sins of the world, and he himself was without sin. Let's take a look at the word righteousness. What does righteousness mean? Well, it's an adverb, and the Greek word righteousness is diakosune. And it translates to the character or quality of being right or just. This character and quality is what man becomes, we become this in Christ alone, and that's all that God requires a man to be, but it's all that he could never be in and of himself. You see, we can't clothe ourselves in righteousness. We can't give ourselves righteousness. We can't earn righteousness. And then another root word uh, for righteousness is justification. And that Greek word is dikaioma, dikaioma. And it, it means justification. So because Christ bore our sins, we are now clothed in his righteousness and justified by faith. What does redemption mean? Well, it's a noun, and the Greek word redemption, apolotrosis, translates a releasing for ransom, the forgiveness of our uh, trespasses. Excuse me. So when you think about a kidnapper and and they uh, they want uh, uh, some sort of ransom to release who they've kidnapped, and a lot of times it's it's money, uh, but Apollotrosis translates a releasing for a ransom. Christ was our ransom. He paid the penalty for sin in full based on his person and his work. It's just amazing when you stop and think about it. And then what does a propitiation mean? It's a big word, but another word that can be uh, kind of Close to its translation is atone or atonement. It's a verb. And the Greek word is helaskome. This describes mercy seat and means that in and through the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is his death on the cross by the setting of his blood in his vicarious sacrifice for sin, it's through that which what Christ did and accomplished that God shows mercy to sinners. So Helascome describes mercy seat. You know, I, I remember going to the Passion of Christ in the movie theater when the movie was released back in 2004. And that film was produced, as we all know, and directed and co-written by Mel Gibson. That wasn't my first visual of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ of Nazareth because I had seen a live passion play outdoors in an amphitheater. Uh, That was probably 30 years ago, if not more. 
And the characters were on real horses. The prop was absolutely wonderful. It was kind of at a, the dawning of the the day and kind of night was, was coming. I mean, it was it was just I was caught up in the amazement and probably missed the intended message, to be honest with you. And wow, when Jesus ascended up into the heavens, they actually lifted the actor up by an invisible string way up into the sky, and he sort of faded away in the midst of this huge fir tree. Going back to the movie Passion of Christ, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ caused me grief and a sadness and a sorrow that I had never felt before. It was then that I really internalized his death burial and resurrection and saw how he suffered. I saw with my own eyes depiction of his suffering for me. I made it personal and I internalized it. Well, we have something to look forward to. I understand the Passion of Christ too. Resurrection is being filmed now in the spring of 2023, but no release date has been announced. Some are Some are speculating that it may be released uh, next year, 2024, for Resurrection Day. And that would be a glorious um, theme, a movie to witness, and the depicted scene of Christ's resurrection. So paid debt, debt to sin, paid in full. We understand that we are clothed in Christ's righteousness, that he shed his blood, for our sanctification, we're redeemed through his blood, and he atoned for our sin. And with that, in conclusion, the Lenten season of 40 days is drawing to a close. In a few weeks, we'll celebrate Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Resurrection Day. This season of reflection, repentance, and giving alms is reason to draw closer to our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us. He paid in full our penalty of sin. Christ shed his blood for us, the sheep pasture. And with that, may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. God bless you.